podcasting from Dallas, Texas. I am Shireen, and this is the Yumlish Podcast. Yumlish empowers people with chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and heart disease to take charge of their health through diet. And this podcast is created to amplify the voices of patients, health professionals, employers, and community members who are working to reduce the risk of these chronic diseases and put your health first. Registered dietitian Sandra Arvalo speaks to us about her career in dietetics, what it means to care for the patient over the diagnosis, and what patients can do to be empowered in their journey to better health. Sandra Arvalo is the Director of Community and Patient Education at Montefiore Nyack Hospital. Working as a bilingual private consultant, researcher, and spokesperson has helped her expand her horizons to continue her mission and commitment to provide healthcare to the most underserved and diverse families. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Shireen, for having me here. An absolute pleasure. So Sandra, I want to dive right in and I want to start out by asking you what really led you to a career in dietetics and working with people from different cultures and backgrounds? Well, I think everything has started since I was a little girl because, well, not so little. I was 15. I'm originally from Colombia in South America. And I, you know, I was very lucky because my father had to travel internationally a lot. And, you know, we are a very close family. So I started traveling with my family and we traveled through a lot of countries, first in Latin America, then a few years later, we were able to move to Europe and I was living in Holland for over three years. And then from Holland, we used to travel to like many other different countries. And, you know, being always an international uh, girl in a foreign country, you know, you make friends who are international as well. You know, most of the time, that's how it happens. So I had the pleasure and the advantage, I think, of growing up with people from many different parts of the world. Like, you know, for example, when I was in Holland, I have friends, you know, obviously from Holland, but also from Chile, Spain, um, Suriname, Africa, India, you know, so I've always lived in a in language, like find a way to communicate and, and play around with everybody. So I think that that's, that's how I became so passionate about diversity and cultures and all of these. And then, you know, later on, I definitely wanted to be in healthcare and start doing something in healthcare. I just quite couldn't find what, you know, my my true, I don't know, passion was in healthcare. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor or a nurse, but I definitely wanted to be in healthcare. And, and then I found nutrition and nutrition, you know, it's so diverse as well because you can do so many things in nutrition. You can food service, but you can be a clinician in public health and in research, you know, so it's, it's also a variety of things that you can do. And, um, you know, and especially food. And I love cooking and I love healing and I love prevention rather than disease. And I think that's why I couldn't be a doctor. And, and you know, nutrition provided me with that, like healing and prevention and how we can use food and culture to help 
help people live healthier lives. How interesting. When you, um, you know, through one of your interviews, you mentioned, um, you know, caring for the patient and not the diagnosis. I want to, I want to go right into that and even touch upon that a little bit to say, what does that really mean from both the, the patient standpoint as well as from the provider standpoint in your approach? You know, I think that approach is not that different for both the patient and the provider. A person is a person. That's what I think. And unfortunately, the way that medicine is practiced overall is like we practice a disease, you know, and especially, for example, we talk about diabetes, right, which is our interest here is like, I'm going to treat the diabetes. I'm going to know if you have diabetes, now which medications you need for your diabetes, if you need insulin, how many units do you need, you know, but you're not thinking about the person per se, you're thinking about what the disease needs. You know, you need this many units of insulin to control this diabetes, or you need that these medications to control this diabetes, but you forget that the diabetes wouldn't be diabetes if it weren't in a human being, you know, and the human being is so complex. It's, it's not just the diabetes or it's not just how much the sugar was this morning. It's not a glucose of 300 or a glucose of 50 or 120. Like the, the person, it's, it's a multitude of factors. It's, you know, it's mental, it's, it's better and not just feel better in terms of health, but spiritually as well. So that's why I think that we need to look at people and and not the disease. The disease is just one small part of the person, you know, and and the person has the disease. The disease doesn't help like when they know the person, like who are you? What's your support system? Do you have a family? What are your reasons to be alive and fight this disease? Uh, Do you have the means to care for yourself, both like psychologically and economically and physically? Like, are you able to take care of yourself? You know, like if you have to inject yourself, are your fingers functioning well? But is your mind functioning well? Like, can you stand needles? I've had people who, you know, they're prescribed insulin. And when they come to me and I, you know, usually when they come to me is because nothing is working for them. I just say, like, are you really injecting your insulin? And they say to me, not a refined of needles. And I'm like, so how come you have uh, with heroin? So every time I see a needle, I think of my brother. It's obvious. Like, you're not going to be able to use needles until you work on, on that other aspect of your life that is so powerful. Or same thing with a patient that, you know, he kept coming to the doctor, kept coming to the doctor, and the sugars were so high, and the doctor kept raising the insulin, raising the insulin. And then again, you know, they call me and they're like, Sandra, you go and talk to this patient because I don't know what else to do with this patient. And, you know, as soon as I come in, I'm like, why don't you tell me what's going on? I mean, the doctor doesn't know what to do with you anymore. We want to help you. Um, What can you do? Like, how can I help you? Like, what's really going on? And he says, well, the truth is, go to the pharmacy. I get the insulin, but I'm homeless. I don't have place to put the insulin. So, but at the same time, it's like if, if consistently something is not going well and and you're trying and trying you know it's time also for the providers to look outside 
the box. If I keep raising the insulin a few times and it's still not working, ask yourself, like maybe something else, right? I mean, it makes sense. Um, and, and that's what I mean. Get to know your patients. Get to know, you know, I have another case where uh, this older lady, she would not get better. Same issue. You just keep increasing the insulin and keep, you know, switching medications around and you don't know what's going on. And and this lady would not get better. She's, she was like over 60 at the time. Well, just with talking to her and asking, how can I help you? You know, I need you to get better. Help me help you. She was finally able to disclose, well, I'm getting the insulin and sending it to my son in Ecuador because my son also has insulin. There is no insulin in Ecuador and he cannot afford it over there. So I'd rather just inject myself just a tiny little bit and I send the other insulin to him. I mean, it's so many stories that I have. Yeah, I, I could sit here and, and, and you know, talk for out all these stories, but it's like, it's what the only way to me that you're really going to be able to help them because again, we are managing the person, not the disease is not about the medication, the right medication. Oftentimes, it's not like that. And we have so many people with poorly controlled diabetes and we're not doing enough for them as providers. We're not doing enough for them. And then people themselves, you know, patients are not doing enough for themselves because they should speak up. That's what I always say. It's like, why didn't you say this six months ago? You know, like there are people who have already an amputation. Now it's when you're looking for help and now it's when you're opening your mouth. It's too late. So I also, you know, encourage all of my patients, like you need to be open, is that we know it's, it, you know, unfortunately, the healthcare system nowadays is hard. It's, it's not ideal. It's expensive. Doctors have to see 18, 20 patients a day. So you got to move super fast and you don't have all this time. But the thing is, you know, me, myself, when I go to the doctor and the doctor is like, oh, OK, so this is what we're going to do. And this is the next treatment. This is your next appointment. Do you have any questions? questions and I get to ask one question and they're like okay so nice to see you after the answer and I'm like wait I have four more questions to ask you know and I'm right there and I'm like I make them wait and I think you know that is me I'm you know educated I'm in the healthcare system I know how to talk and advocate for myself so imagine how many people are out there that don't know how to do that even for my parents, I'm scared when they go to the doctor by themselves because I know they are not going to get the quality of care that they deserve. So we as patients also need to advocate for ourselves. Like, no, you're going to sit down, you're going to answer my questions, you're going to explain to me why I need to take this medication. You need to hear my side of story. You know, it's not just what you're seeing in the chart, what you're seeing in my blood work and what you're feeling when you touch me or listen to my lungs. There is a whole bunch of other things that you cannot see. And I'm the only one who can tell you about that so that you can help me the right way. So you know what? I think there needs to be teamwork between the healthcare providers and the patients. The patients need to speak up, advocate for themselves, tell their story, tell them what's not working for them. Don't be afraid. You know, like a lot of us, I know we were raised with this thing like the doctor is God and we should just say what the doctor says. That's not true. Like he is a person working with us, not for us, but with us. And we need to provide enough information to help the doctor do a good job as well. And the doctor needs to find the time to listen to all these stories because then, then the doctor is not only going to feel better as a person, but is going to have a lot more successful stories to tell. And it's going to learn from each patient and from what they learn from each patient, they're going to be able to help the next patient. So they're going to become better doctors. When you're, you know, when you mentioned the uh, example with the patient and, you know, being scared 
of needles or even other patients that you mentioned, you know, how, how does one come about to become an advocate for their care, right? Because so now we know that if we're able to share and if we're able to do this right, then, you know, we can, we can get the, um, the help that we need as a patient. But how does one go about doing it, right? So one, one thing that you mentioned is we take the, you know, the limited time that we have with the doctor, we try to squeeze in as much. And then after that, the doctor leaves and we may think of 10 other questions later to think of or ask or, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Um, how does one go about becoming an advocate in the care? And it's like, oh, I, should, I forgot to ask. What I always tell um, my patients is every time that you think of a question, write it down and bring a list with you. And that's exactly what I do when I come to the doctor. And let me tell you, once I had a doctor that once I said, you know, I know you need to wait because I still have more questions. You know, the response from the doctor was, oh, well, then you're going to have to make another appointment because I don't have time for more questions. And yes, I made another appointment with a different doctor, you know, because I thought this is important to me. Understanding my health is very important to me. If you're not going to dedicate my time, this is a doctor I don't want. And I did make an appointment again with a different doctor. Um, And that's pretty much what I advise my patients to do. Like every time you think of a question, write it down and ask it as many times as you need to until you completely understand what you need to understand. You know, for example, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, as as healthcare professionals, we speak this language that is so hard to understand. And I have to tell you, you know, I've been both a healthcare provider, but I've been a patient. And obviously, my family has been patients as well. And I can tell you from my own experience, when I'm a healthcare provider, I have a very different mindset than when I am a patient or a a provider, you know, for my family. Like, I don't understand things that they talk to me sometimes. And it's for a lot of reasons. Your emotions are involved. You you just can't think straight because you're worried at that moment, either because of your health or the health of, of your loved ones. You know, it's like a million things are happening through your head while you're trying to listen and understand a message that's being delivered to you, sometimes in words that we don't understand. And that's when we need to pause a little bit. And, and that's another thing. It's not only bring your list of questions, but oftentimes, like I have to tell my sister or somebody like, I need somebody to come with me because I know that I'm going to be nervous. And I'm going, I know that first I'm going to forget everything that I'm told. And second, I probably am not going to understand because I'm so anxious and so nervous. So I need somebody else to come with me. And that way, you know, when we come back home, we can like recapitulate and like go over it again and like, oh, that's what the doctor said. Right, right. I need to do that. You know, um, other thing, take notes. I do that. I, you know, like as the doctor is talking, just take your notes. That way you can, can go back to your notes and say, okay, wait a minute. What is this again? How is this done? How do I need to do it? You know, um, and and again, it's like you need to, to shop for doctors. You know, usually for a lot of people, you know, you get an insurance card with a, doc- with a doctor's name there and you assume that that's the doctor that you have to see. And we need to have a good rapport with our doctors. And I'm just saying doctors, doctors, but you know, it's just healthcare providers in general. We need to have a good rapport. It's like love at first sight. That when you go there, you feel like, yes, I can talk. I can be myself. I feel that I can tell this doctor anything or this healthcare professional anything that I want. You know, well, there are some people that you just don't have that chemistry with, you know, 
know, you're not going to be feeling as much as open. Like, uh, it's a little intimidating. I probably mm-hmm. is going to judge me if I do this. I remember once I went to a, a, a another healthcare provider, you know, and it felt very strange to me. As soon as I got into his office, I saw all these books in a different language and, you know, a lot of things that were very, very foreign to me. And definitely, you know, when we started the conversation, he was definitely foreign to my culture, you know, and I was foreign to his culture. And he started asking me questions that were kind of inappropriate. And I understood it's not that they're inappropriate. It's just like culturally, we don't have this empathy, you know, like this is a big cultural barrier between this provider and like, you know, again, first time, last time. But that's what I mean. It's like you you can't be afraid of walking out of a situation where you're not feel 100% comfortable because that's what you need for your health. You know, you need to feel 100% comfortable, confident, secure that this is the right person to help you. Because when you feel that way, you start healing right away because you trust this person. You know, there needs to be a lot of trust as well in this relationship. It's like, again, it's like a love relationship. You know, like there needs to be love. There needs to be love at first sight and chemistry and, and understanding and trust. So with that, Sandra, we're toward the end of the episode, unfortunately. How can our listeners truly connect with you, learn more about your work? Um, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, well, the easiest thing is um, search, search me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm right there. You're going to find my bio and part of uh, the work that I do and samples of the work that I do. And yeah, if they have any questions, you know, I'll, I'll be happy. I'll check my LinkedIn frequently. So I'll answer all questions there. But thank you, Shereen. This, this has been a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to reach out to people and tell them a little bit of my experience and what I think hopefully will be better for them. And thank you for, for being on the podcast because it, it it's so interesting in your approach, how you're empowering patients. And I, I love that because without a true collaboration, how can we really work toward a, a better goal and better health outcome? So I, I love the approach that you take, Sandra. So with that, thank you again for being on the podcast. My pleasure. To find Yumlish on all the social media accounts linked in our podcast show notes, our Yumlish socials help you learn more about our mission at Yumlish, keep you updated on helpful tips for managing your diabetes and giving you access to exciting opportunities with Yumlish. With that, to our listeners in Texas, Yumlish will be running a diabetes management course here in the Dallas region. If you are interested, email us at info at yumlish.com and we'll, we'll connect you over to that. Lastly, if you enjoy Yumlish Podcast and know a healthcare expert working in the nutrition space, uh, reach out to us on Instagram to nominate them. Send us a DM telling us who you want to nominate, what they do, and why you believe their work is making a difference in the lives of individuals to conquer chronic illness. Thank you again. Until next time, stay well. Thank you for listening to the Yumlish podcast with Shireen. If you like our show and want to learn more, you can find information at yumlish.com. You can also leave us a review here. We will see you at the next one. And remember, your health always comes first. <laughs>